I want you, if you would, to turn your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 12. <clears throat> We're going to begin in verse 1. Jeremiah 12, verse 1. We're going to read 1 through 3 and then skip down to verse 5. So Jeremiah 12, 1 says, Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? And wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have taken root, they grow, yea, they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their mouth, and far from their reins. But thou, O Lord, knowest me, thou hast seen me, and tried me, my heart toward thee. Pull them out like sheep for the slaughter, and prepare them for the day of slaughter. Skip down to verse 5. And this is the Lord's response to Jeremiah. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with horses? And if in the land of peace, wherein thou trusted, they wearied thee, then how wilt thou do in the swelling of Jordan? I just want to stop right there for a second. In the first beginning of that, Jeremiah is talking and really, he's being respectful of the Lord, but he was questioning some of God's judgments. He was saying, uh, Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Towards the end of verse 1. This is very similar to the psalm. Uh, psalm 73 with Asaph wrote a psalm. And he says that uh, similar type of thing. So the wicked are just spreading themselves like a big bay tree. And <clears throat> there's no pain in their death. And they're not serving you God. And yet they're prospering. And they're doing well. And Jeremiah's seeing the same thing. Now Jeremiah's living in a very treacherous time. When Israel is far from God, <clears throat> excuse me, and they're about to go into the Babylonian captivity. Jeremiah is one of the main prophets in the Bible, and a major prophet we would call him. And he faced a lot of different things, and nobody would listen to him. He would give prophecies and warn Israel and Judah and Jerusalem to turn back to the Lord, and they wouldn't. And uh, he was thrown in a pit. You know, they lowered him down in a pit. And He's known as a weeping prophet. He wrote Lamentations as well. <clears throat> he is questioning things. And almost the goodness of God or the judgment of God. The, the trials that Jeremiah was going through, for example, and prophesying, thus saith the Lord, turn from your wickedness, turn back to God. Um, people were just blowing him off. They were throwing him in, in a pit. They were throwing him in prison. They were... Um, talking bad about him, all kinds of things. But I believe that the trials and, that he was going through and the rejections that he was facing were actually beginning to affect his faith, beginning to affect his, his walk with God. And we can have things like that at times in our life, but the Lord was trying to teach Jeremiah something. And Jeremiah is the one that when he was a child, the Lord, you know, Jeremiah says, I'm just a child, I can't go speak before all these people. And he says, who made you? I formed you in your mother's womb. Don't say to me, you're a child. You know, I'm going to put the words in your mouth. I'm going to speak them through you. You just trust me. This is about me, not about you. And so he's going through <clears throat> into his ministry and prophesying. He's being totally rejected over and over. It's very treacherous for him. It's very hard for him. And the Lord is trying to teach him something. And what he's, I believe he spoke to him. This is God's response to Je Jeremiah's questions in verse 5. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee, how then canst thou, can you contend with horses? Have y'all ever heard that verse before? Thought about that verse before? You might come away with something a little different, but 
Here's what I believe the Lord was showing me about that. He's saying, Jeremiah, if you found it difficult to cope in relatively calm conditions, I mean, yeah, he was being rejected, but the captivity hadn't come yet. You know, he wasn't in prison maybe at this time. And he's saying, if you're, you found it difficult to cope in relatively calm conditions, i.e. the footmen, that would be warfare, okay? You're just marching along with the footmen and maybe haven't even gotten to battle yet. You're just side by side with some, you know, other soldiers. And you found it difficult to cope with that. What will you do when the severe trials are coming? There's going to be harder things coming to your life, Jeremiah. There's going to be severe trials and testings that come, i.e. the horses. How are you going to contend with horses? And think about this. In, in this day and age, the horses, that would have been the chariots and so forth, the most sophisticated warfare that there was, right? So what are you going to do when that happens, Jeremiah? You're having a hard time right now, and you're thinking I'm not being a fair judge, and you know, it doesn't seem fair and so forth. And he's trying to teach Jeremiah something by that question. And he's trying to teach you and me something, I believe, by that question too. And I want to, I want to say that I believe that it's so important, God, guys, how, and how necessary it is for us to walk with the Lord regularly today in what I would call the day in and day out trials of life. You know what I mean? Just the regular... You know, Chris, getting your kids ready for Sunday school and get them over here to church. You know, just, just the day in and day out difficulties of life that we are to walk closely with the Lord in these times and take advantage of that time because there are more severe testings and trials coming to our lives. Again, you might read some more into this in that scripture, but I believe that Jesus said, so speaking about our daily lives, he says, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof the end of Matthew 6. That's why he says, just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto us. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And what he's saying, Jesus was even telling us, he's saying life has enough trouble as it is. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't borrow from tomorrow's troubles today. But you, there's enough trouble. Life's hard enough. And we need to grow in Christ today. We need to take full advantage of of walking closely with the Lord now and learn to depend and trust upon the Lord Jesus now. Okay? Because I believe, according to the Word of God, not a doomsday kind of thing, but just according to the Word of God, that perilous times are coming. I believe we're in perilous times. And I believe leading up to the rapture of the church, which we're looking forward to, there are going to be more perilous times. There'll be greater intensity to the trials. There will be greater intensity to the persecution or the rejection or trying to hold on to your faith or trying to assemble together like we are this morning and worship the Lord. Um, I also believe there will be greater opportunities to glorify God and greater uh, experiences with the Lord and purposes for our lives. But what I would call just a routine day, and most of our life actually is pretty routine, even as believers. <clears throat> Our schedule doesn't change a whole lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, but it's, it's basic in its routine. And the Lord wants us to walk with Him in those days, in these days. Because it is a preparation for what He has for us next. And He was telling Jeremiah, look, if it's worn you out just with the footmen, it's getting ready to get really rough. You're going to have to contend with horses here coming soon. And again, that's a picture of, war of warfare. And uh, what are you going to do? 
And so he's trying to, to teach him, and I believe he's trying to teach us that, you know, there are regular trials in life. There's getting a flat tire. There's getting sick. And one of the kids getting sick or, you know, dishwasher breaking in your, you know, need a new car that breaks down or being rejected by a few friends or whatever. There's just regular trials and testings of life. And God wants us to learn to trust him now in those things, to walk with him now, because there are greater ones coming. The greater wonderful blessings probably and opportunities to serve God. There's also going to be greater trials and tribulations in our lives. It's not that God's being cruel. It is the nature and the characteristic of the age in which we live. And he's chosen us to live godly, you know, soberly and righteously in this present world. Like we looked at in Sunday school from Titus chapter 2. But it's, it's called to be a life of faith. And, and it doesn't just come all of a sudden when the trial hits. It is the preparation of what we're going through now that we need to take full advantage of that. When our life might even be a little bit boring, kind of. And yet, you, the Lord's given us that time. He's given us that time if we'll use it to press into Him where we're not maybe overly stressed or not thrown in prison or something like that. He wants us to, to press into Him now so that when these major testings come, we'll be prepared. We'll be prepared spiritually. We'll have uh, some strength from the Lord that's been imparted into our lives. And from the different experiences that we've gone through and we've learned to trust and we've learned to rely upon the Lord. And we've seen the faithfulness of God through those experiences. We'll have like a track record with the Lord. Not only does His Word tell us He's faithful, but we found out through walking with God that He's faithful. Amen? That's very important because there are going to be bigger testings and trials come to your life. And you feel like it's out of your hands. I have no control over what's going on. And he wants us to trust him. He wants us to be able to put our trust in him. And I know God can help us if, if we did cram things. It's like cramming for a test, you know, in college. I've done that before. We probably have all done it before. We'd all agree that that's not the wisest way to do it. The wisest, best way would be to stay up little by little, you know, and incrementally learning what you need to learn instead of trying to learn a whole semester of economics and, you know, one night before the final, uh, something like that. So God wants us to have that, that testing of him, like test me, prove me, the Lord says, not tempting the Lord, but testing the Lord. In other words, taking what the Bible says in your own everyday life, reading the Bible, and then putting it to the test to say, God, you said in your word such and such. And I'm going to stand upon it and I'm going to trust you. Because this is bigger than me and it's out of my hands and it's out of my control. And I'm going to put those cares upon <coughs> you and I'm going to stand upon your word. And I'm going to see, taste and see that the Lord is good. And I'm going to taste and see the, the faithfulness of God, what he's able to bring us through. And then, y'all, when the severe trials come, we'll have a past. We'll have a history of walking with the Lord. We'll, we'll be able to recount, like Abraham, you know, uh, leaning upon his staff at different places in his life where the Lord had met him. And, uh, and, you know, with Jacob and people like that that would have those meeting places with God. And they could look back and say God was faithful all along the way, every step of the way. Uh, there's a scripture, it says in, in Psalm 46, David writes, The Lord is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Present help in trouble right now. Wherefore will not, that's future, wherefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, 
Though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. What is he saying? He's saying, I've learned that he's a present help with me now. Therefore, in the future, I'm not going to panic. Though the earth be removed, though the mountains are swept out into the sea. I mean, these would be fearful things that you're watching with your own eyes. And he says, I'm not going to be afraid because I've tested and seen that God is faithful. He's faithful right now. He was faithful yesterday. And we're going to, we can count on him to be faithful. And the Lord wants us to live. He, the Lord wants to live in us. And he wants to live through us. But he wants to do that day by day. Not just when you find out you have cancer. Okay? Not just when you find out uh, something really horrible has happened. He wants to live in and through his people. Not only in crunch time, but in all the time. And meet with us and talk to us. He wants to teach us and equip us. Not only to survive this life, which it is difficult, y'all. I'm not saying we never have happiness or joy. I'm saying that it's a hard life. Okay, life is hard. And he wants to, um, to, to prepare us for what's ahead. He wants to teach and equip us not only to survive, but to overcome. Isn't that what the Word of God says? That we're more than, more than conquerors to him that loved us. We're not just getting by. He wants us to, to not only get by, and I know sometimes we feel like it, we're happy just to get by on a lot of things because it's so trying or taxing or <coughs> painful or whatever it may be. But the Lord wants to show himself mighty through our lives day in and day out. So when those real trials and testings come, we're prepared. He's already equipped us. We'll need more equipment at that moment too, I know. But he can get us ready for those things. And uh, not only to survive, but to overcome. He wants us to walk in the victory that Jesus won on the cross. When Jesus won the victory, he gave it to us. That victory is ours in Jesus' name. And he wants us to walk in. And I could have a broken Achilles, or you could be laid up in bed with something and still be walking in victory. It has to do with our spirit. It has to do with our, our mindset and our morals and how we give God the glory. And what are we hoping for and what are we trusting for? It's not, oh, you don't look like very victorious. You've got your foot on five-gallon paint buckets, you know? Uh, but, <clears throat> but in Christ we are. Amen. Amen. And he wants us to be victorious and to walk in that. And that's something he teaches us. Last, last Sunday we talked about, uh, Paul said, I've learned to be content, right? In whatever state. And it's a learning that the Lord wants us to grow and to overcome and to walk with him. Jesus said, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. He says, in the world you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. The focus is upon the Lord. The Bible says, Paul says in Romans 8, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. And so uh, I, want, I want you to turn your Bibles. This is going to be our main passage here in Jeremiah. But I want you to turn now to 1 Samuel chapter 17. <clears throat> and I want you to see how, uh, and look in the Word of God, how God use other trials in David's life to prepare him for the bigger testings that were going to come. Okay? And he does that for all of us. 1 Samuel chapter 17 verse 32 we're going to pick up. Now this is when Goliath is mocking God and mocking Israel and you know the God of Israel and so forth and he come out every evening or every day in the valley between the two armies and threaten the Israelites and said, you don't have a man that could fight me. And Well, David has it in his heart and in his mind to go fight him. And we'll pick up in 1 
1 Samuel 17, 32. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him, because of that giant Goliath, because everybody was still afraid to go fight him. Thy servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him. For thou art but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept thy father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant, speaking of himself, slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defiled the armies of the living God. And David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. Now that's a wonderful story, and it's exactly what we're talking about this morning. Uh, Jeremiah, if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied, wearied you, how are you going to contend when you have to deal with horses and chariots and all that? David learned in his life being a shepherd. You know, shepherds have a, a prominent place in Scripture. Jesus is the good shepherd. Moses was a shepherd. Um, and here we see David who became the, the king that was a man after God's own heart, grew up as a shepherd. And there were testings there and there were trials. And most people probably... Had no clue of what David was doing out there. He's out there watching those sheep somewhere over that next hillside. No big deal. But he's worshiping God. And he's laying there and looking at the stars and wondering, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And worshiping God. And here comes a bear and takes one of the, the sheep. And God gives him this boldness and this strength as a teenager to go after a bear and grab it by its beard and kill it and get the sheep back out of its mouth. And a lion. All right? Those things are severe enough, but they were preparing him to be a shepherd of God's people, okay, to lay his life on the line for God's people, and to fight this giant right here. And so the giant was going to be, uh, I mean, nobody in Israel would fight him. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else, and he wasn't about to go out there and fight this giant. Full, full army had an arm bearer before him holding his shield. You know, so you really got to get through that guy to even get to Goliath. And, and David says, no, um, I've seen the Lord's faithful. Here's how he showed himself faithful with a bear, with a lion. And he's going to deliver this Philistine out of, you know, into my hands as well. No comparison to the physical size. We all know the story of David and Goliath. But, but he had learned. He had learned what? He learned to trust God. He learned the faithfulness of God. Doesn't mean David was perfect. Only one sinless was Jesus, okay? But he was, he had learned. And he, he learned what it meant to walk with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is trying to teach us today and this morning as well. And in our lives, <clears throat> as believers, to walk with God and walk with Him now. <clears throat> Don't walk, wait until the huge trial comes. Walk with Him now. Walk in the light of His Word now. Obey the Lord now. Learn to actually walk and live in the Spirit of God now. What does that mean? Not just a Bible study. What does it mean to live in the Spirit? What does it mean to walk in the Spirit? What does it mean in all my ways to acknowledge the Lord? You know what I mean? What does it mean for me today? When it's pretty much just an average day. And maybe tomorrow will be a pretty much average Monday. You know? How, how do we... What are we gleaning from that? What are we growing with that? 
uh, for, you know, walking with the Lord now, what are we learning? And we ought not simply think that I don't really need to, to strive to grow in the Lord because He'll just equip me when that time comes. And, and God is merciful and kind. He might do that. And I know I'm talking the Word of God that it's a daily walk. Give us this day our daily bread and so forth. Everything is about, about the daily walk with the Lord. And not just being presumptuous to say, oh, if I face some big trial or I'm all of a sudden I'm faced uh, with martyrdom or something like that, I'll just be able to handle it at that moment. And I believe what the Lord's saying with Jeremiah is, is what he's trying to teach us to be prepared. Okay? To be prepared. Learn to cast every care upon Jehovah now. Do you already do that? Or do you just try to fix everything yourself? Or do I try to fix everything myself? Or do I cast those cares upon the Lord? You know what I mean? We have to learn to do that now. There's a scripture that's repeated over and over in the Bible. It's from the Psalms. It's repeated like three times in Hebrews chapter 3. <clears throat> where it says, As the Holy Ghost saith today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts as in the day of provocation. Today, if you will hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's what he's saying. He's saying today, this day, July 2nd, you know, 2017, he wants us to hear the voice of the Lord because every one of these sort of average days and every time we pick up our Bible and read it or pray or we cast a care upon God or we fellowship with other believers, whatever it may be, every Bible study, every prayer meeting, all of those things God is using to build us up. And we don't even realize it fully, but he is using that in our lives if we'll let him to build us up, to prepare us. There are bigger things coming, I promise y'all. Bigger trials coming. There's also going to be bigger, like I said, opportunities to, to be like a David fighting a Goliath. There's going to be more opportunities in our lives for God to show himself strong through our lives. And the glory will go to God for that. But he is using today to prepare us for that. Today, while it's still called today, hear the voice. If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. And so we need to grow today, day by day, and learn to cast those cares upon God. Don't neglect or, or frown upon just your daily walk with the Lord. You understand what I mean? When you wake up in the morning before you go to work, before you go to school, and you, and you take your time to read your Bible, don't think that's just a little nothing. It's something. It's, it's your relationship with God. He is speaking to us. He is preparing us. It's little by little by little. It's not just once and for all and one and done kind of thing. He's preparing us. So don't despise that, uh, but take full advantage of that. You know, there are times where God gives us some rest on all, all sides. There was times that God gave David in Israel when he later became king, rest on every side, like in Solomon's day. Solomon never had to fight a battle like that. You know, even his dad had all the materials and the plans prepared for the temple. Solomon was used to, to be the one to oversee the building of it, but he had great peace in his day. God gives those seasons of peace and rest, but we need to take advantage of those and, and be built up in the Lord because the, the horses are coming, okay? It's going to be stepped up. Take advantage of growing in Christ at every day, at every moment, be thankful for those times. Be thankful that you know Jesus. Don't let that ever get old to you. Be thankful that your sins are forgiven. <clears throat> Be thankful that He's always with you. God Almighty will impart to us a very real 
spiritual strength as we walk consistently with Him. That consistency is very important, y'all. I've learned that in my life. You know, a lot of times we'll see Christians, whether young or old, they're going to retreat, whether it's a youth retreat, a men's retreat, and everybody gets so fired up, and it's the best thing they've ever heard. And I'm not ridiculing that at all. But what happens before that and what happens after that is just as important. And for youth to go get all excited on a youth retreat, and they're leaning on each other and crying over each other and, you know, praying for each other, that's wonderful. But come Monday morning, or when the retreat's over, are they going to wake up in the morning and read their Bible? You know? Are they going to go to the next retreat before they pick up their Bible and read it? God wants th those, the day in and the day out, is the consistency of that walk where God begins to build something. You know, this house, for example, is a brick house all the way around. I remember the guy laying the brick. He had to start somewhere. He started laying some bricks somewhere, and, and he laid a brick at a time. One at a time. He couldn't lay two and three at a time. He laid one brick at a time. You know, and pretty soon after time, this house was finished being bricked up. That big fireplace was finished being bricked up, you know. You got to lay one at a time. You don't just say, I want a fireplace, bam, and it's there. I want a brick house, and it's there. And same for our walk with God. There's a consistency that, that God desires, that you read it in the Bible. You read about the daily walk. You read about exercising yourself to godliness. He builds us up. He makes us more like Jesus, and that takes time. It's, there might be some significant, I'm sure we've all had significant moments in your life. If I ask somebody, name me two or three major spiritual, let's say, growth steps in your life. You could probably remember when you were saved, truly born again. Maybe you remember when you were baptized in the Holy Spirit or, or something. Were you really sold out to the Lord? Something significant in your life where you answered a call to ministry. And it was it's one of those big highlights in your past. But most of it is still this, the day in and day out, the day in and the day out. Walking, tending to your children and showing them the love of Jesus. Being patient with your spouse. You know what I mean? Uh, honoring those that have authority over you in, in the workplace or whatever it may be. It's a day in and day out <coughs> uh, growth that the Lord is doing in our life. And, and we find that any, I found, any real new growth or new ground spiritually that I take, all right, is taken not just once and for all, but little by little, typically. Typically. You're going to take it little by little, and it will become yours, so to speak. In other words, there's something that God says in His Word, and you're a Christian, and you know you're not measuring up to that. He will bring you to that place where He makes you that. Whether it's dealing with you about patience, gentleness, kindness, being unselfish, whatever it may be, it's little by little, He's working that in our lives. We keep laying it before the Lord in prayer, and we listen to Him, and we listen to His Word, and we get up that day, and we live for God that day. When I, when I have had the privilege of winning somebody to the Lord, and or maybe just discipling a new believer, I mean real new believer, that's one of the things I've tried to convey to them is that don't put too much on your plate right now. In other words, you went from lost to being born again in a moment. The Word of God is going to deal with you. And the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He's going to help you. You can't answer every question right now. 
You can't live the next five years of your Christian life future right now today. You know what I mean? So make it simple. You can get up in tomorrow morning and read your Bible. You can get up tomorrow morning and pray and ask God to speak to you or help you or, you know, whatever you need for the day. You can do that. Do that day in and day out. Before you know it, you've done it for six months. Before you know it, you've known it, you've done it for ten years. And God is growing us. But if we try to take everything, boy, I see how holy Paul was or how bold Peter was or, you know what I mean? And we look at people like how brave uh, David was to fight Goliath and, and he was so, he's so far beyond where I am in Christ. And we try to take that all on at once. It's overwhelming to us. God doesn't take us from zero to 60 in one day. He takes us little by little as we walk with him. We get up and we have ups and downs. We have times when we fail God and we go to Him for forgiveness. What are we learning? We're learning these merciful and kind and forgiving. We ask Him to strengthen us so we don't commit that same sin again tomorrow. Maybe we do and maybe we don't. But we still have the mercy with the Lord and we're learning day by day. And that's how uh, it's realized. It's not a one time, once and for all. You're saved at once, okay? You're baptized in the Holy Spirit once, not twice. But the growth... And the preparation for what's coming next, I believe, is little by little by little. It really is. And I use example of athletes all the time. Somebody that's out of shape, and the, the very first day they determine they want to get in shape, and maybe have some goal, want to be in the Olympics or whatever, it, it's, they're not going to notice it after 24 hours. They could go run. You don't go run 100 miles. You run a couple of miles, and you rest. And the next day, you run maybe a little more. However, and you string together a pattern, and little by little, you don't notice any particular day that I gained more endurance. It was a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. <clears throat> and that's the way it is in our, in our walk with the Lord. I just wrote this verse down. You don't have to turn it, but it, turn to it. It comes from 1 Corinthians 3. It says, For we are laborers together with, with God. You are God's husbandry. You are God's building. That means he's building something. It's not just built. A husbandry, uh, you're God's husbandry. That would be like somebody takes care of a vineyard, you know, and takes care of the little plants and everything. And they've got to go out there every day, you know. Oh, they're starting to bud now. Now I need to do such and such. Oh, the little grapes are starting to pop out. Now I need to do such and such. Oh, it's time to pick them now. You know, there's something every day for them to do, whether building, building, or, or tending to a garden or a vineyard. It's not just one day takes care of it all. It's little by little. And so, y'all, there. I, I know that in your life, in my life, there's still uh, greater purposes ahead. There are greater purposes ahead for this church, okay? And for you individually and for me as believers. And that's still ahead. And so God needs to prepare me. And I need to know that he's preparing me. And I need to yield to His what he's working in my life. I need to let the potter deal with the clay and I and my again you know you're looking at some lump of, of wet clay up on a potter's wheel and there's nothing attractive about it it's just mud and but it takes time you have to let him deal with it the clay and he knows what he's doing to fashion it the way he wants to he wants to prepare us I remember listening to uh, one of Clendenin's sermons it might have been soldiers uh, where he talks about either it's his testimony or it was soldiers but it was talking about his life in the Marine Corps. And everybody that knows Clendenin knows his life in the Marine Corps. And 
he fought in a very dangerous place, in a very dangerous time in the South Pacific over there in those islands, you know, Guadalcanal and all that. He actually was one of those Marines hitting, hitting those places and fighting the Japanese over there. But he said in basic training before I ever went, how that drill sergeant would just kill him practically, you know, fall in, fall out, left, right, up in the morning, you know, 20 miles with backpacks, whatever it was, just, in the, you know, left, right, left, right, left, right, just drilling it into them like crazy. And they might have thought, this is a little overkill. This is a little much, you know. The trumpet's blowing again at 4 a.m. I've got to get up and whatever. Over and over and over the same thing. Taking their uh, firearms apart, putting it back together, whatever. He says, but it was a preparation because when they got, and they actually went into combat and they hit that, that island, he said, and the, the commanding officer, officer said, hit the deck. He said, the first one that said, huh, he goes, wasn't here anymore. He was dead. You know, you, got, you had to learn to obey. And it was little by little by little, the same things over and over. <clears throat> so when his moment of testing came, just in a natural sense as a soldier, he was, it was ingrained into him. One day of basic training would not have been enough. One week of it wouldn't have been enough. However many weeks, that's how much was needed to get the, so ingrained into them to where they were would respond without question. They would just respond. And the Lord, you know, it gives the analogy of us being soldiers of the Lord, you know, fighting a good fight and so forth. But it's little by little. And y'all just, there's no wasted time in your walk with God. There's no wasted time. There's not one wasted day. There's not one pointless uh, day. It might seem like it. There's not one pointless prayer meeting or church service or Bible reading or Bible study. It all has a point to it. And God is using those simple days and the mundane things of life um, to prepare us for what's next. None of them are insignificant. Just, just know that and realize that. You know, you're growing, your, your children are growing and so forth. It's all part of God's plan. Yes, there are bigger moments to come, but God uses all of these daily things to prepare us for those. There's monumental moments that are coming. The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And this regular mundane day, I'm going to be glad in it. I want to uh, read an illustration. There was this... Uh, this man named Flavius Renatus, okay, he's, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, 380 AD, and he wrote the most significant military book ever written by the Roman Empire. You know they're famous for their military. And he wrote this, this book about the military. He, he describes the type of person that made, makes the best soldier. And this is quotes from him. Peasant, peasants are most fit to carry arms. They are simple content with little, impervious to fatigue, and, and prepared in some means for military life by their continual employment and farm work, handling a spade and digging, a digging trenches and carrying burdens. He said the farmers were making the best soldiers because they were already out there working with their hands, doing menial tasks that were just mundane and routine but hard, digging a ditch or a trench, you might get a little done today and a little more done tomorrow and a little more done the next day until the trench was finished. 
You know what I mean? It was, he said they make the best soldiers because of their continual employment in these type of activities. So now they move over here to the military. The military says, I want you to build this fort or whatever. They know what it means. This is going to take some time. It's going to take some hard work. Let's get after it. They're going to roll their sleeves up and get to work. And we have to blaze a trail to these woods, you know, with machetes, however. And so they would make the best soldiers because they were continually employed in that type of thing. Maybe not exactly, but something similar. And I thought about that because it's the day in and day out saying your prayers. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's not legalistic. That's not in your flesh. You get up and you say your prayers and you walk with God. And you read the Word. And you spend time with Jesus. And it might, maybe the hair didn't stand up on the back of your head or neck. You know, and have some spiritual encounter where you felt that. But you know by faith that He's a rewarder of them that does when they seek Him. And so you get up every day and you pray. Even though you're sleepy. You get up and read the Bible. And some days will be mountaintop experiences. Some days it will be. Like you're actually sitting with the Lord in heaven. You feel His presence so strongly. And some days you won't. But He wants you to keep on every day getting that shovel and digging a little bit. Like those farmers. And preparing because He is preparing you. And preparing me for what He has for us next. Amen. <clears throat> He's just like he prepared David for that fight against Goliath. And I'll just name a couple of people in the Bible. We, we already mentioned David, but Moses, when he fled for, after he killed that Egyptian and he fled into the desert, right? How long was he out in the desert as a shepherd? 40 years, right? 40 years growing up and, and then 40 years in the desert and then 40 years with Israel in the wilderness. But when he ran after he murdered that Egyptian and knew that his sin was found out, basically, he was afraid. He went to the desert. And for 40 years, that's a long time, he tended sheep. But I promise you that 40 years of tended sheep, God was preparing him to be the deliverer of his people, Israel. And every day might have just seemed like another stinky sheep, another sheep that wandered off and i got to go find them. Why don't these sheep get it? i got to bring him back to the same watering hole every day and he's with him he probably did not realize at all oh God's preparing me for to be the deliverer of Israel I seriously don't believe he, he ever dreamed that when he met with the Lord at the burning bush you know he was like not me I can't even speak well but God had been preparing the man <clears throat> and so when this time came he was ready he was ready and God, I want, guys, the Lord wants us to be ready. Don't think that you're not doing anything. Serve God how you can serve Him now, but there are bigger things coming for every single one of us in this room. I believe that. Bigger things that are coming for our lives. Jesus, for 30 years of His life, lived in obscurity. He was just Joseph, in a natural sense, Joseph's son. Son of a carpenter. He was a carpenter. Jesus was. Working with His hands. Working with wood. And little by little, making things out of it, out of bare wood. That's what he was doing. And lived in obscurity for 30 years. Nobody knew about him. He's just Joseph's son. But he was being prepared for what was next. He was being prepared for carrying his cross to Calvary and dying for the sins of the world. It was all preparation for that. And the Lord was using that in his life. The Father was using that to help prepare the Son. So I'm... I'm Coming to a close here, but just making the point, don't neglect the daily lessons that God gives you. The little ones, 
you know, whatever it may be, dealing with your children, dealing with coworkers, um, dealing with your own flesh when you don't feel like praying and reading the Bible, and you go do it anyway. God helps us. He's teaching us, um, and He's making us, and He's imparting to our lives something that's coming next. And we need to be prepared for it. And honestly, we need to be more mature. We need to be kind of toughened up a little bit. Not hard-hearted, but strengthened for what lies ahead. You know, if you had somebody, let's say one of these soldiers, they're getting ready to embark on a long journey through rough terrain. This isn't some week-long thing. And right off the bat, they get a blister on their foot. They get a splinter in their finger. And they're all bent out of shape about it. They can hardly go on any further because they got a splinter in their finger. You know, that just ain't going to cut it. You know what I mean? You need to learn to walk with the footmen because the horses are coming down the road. And we need to be prepared for that. And God's the one that helps uh, to prepare us this, prepare us for that, um, and not just give up because we hit a little bump in the road or whatever. There's more coming. And y'all, I'll just close with this. Not only does God uh, teach us day by day, He also imparts to us. In other words, He empowers us day by day. He equips us to be more patient by His Spirit. He equips us to have more boldness to stand for the Lord publicly than we had yesterday. He imparts that to us. <clears throat> he gives us wisdom to know how to uh, confound the wise of this world. He imparts that to us, little by little. And at that moment as well, He helps us and strengthens us. I would just say that we, are to, we need to allow the Lord to deal with us and allow Him to work in our lives to prepare us for what's ahead. Not only the bigger trials and the bigger, bigger testings that are coming to your life and your faith, but the bigger callings, purposes, you know, like Moses is going to lead Israel out of Egypt. And God has promised us that, that with the trials and testings, there's going to be greater rewards that come from that. Amen? And D, you can come on up. I just want to, uh, <clears throat> I want to close by reading three scriptures here, talking about what's coming for us as far as, as God's presence and strength and glory in our lives. It says, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And so we might be going through trials now that aren't so huge, but there's coming a point where he's going to He's going to really bring us through, and there's going to be the glory that comes back out of that. Uh, Paul says in, in 2 Timothy 2, If we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. If we suffer, we shall reign with Him. And the last scripture, <coughs> Romans 8, 17, it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. And so that soldier, you know, like when David killed Goliath, he had, he had been through trials and tribulations, fighting off a bear and a lion and these other things. When it came to that moment, that key moment of fighting Goliath, there was a big victory. It turned into a big victory for Israel that day. And God got the glory. And David was prepared for it. And David could look back and remember how God had brought him through. There was glory that went to God from it. And in your daily, uh, which you might and I might think are mundane, ordinary, boring days, just another day coming and going, uh, God wants us to, to press into Him. And He wants us to grow in Him. Because He is using that to prepare us. 
and he wants to use that to prepare us. So I'm just going to pray. And like I've said, every every service, I know we're cramped physically, we're cramped in this room a little bit, but we still want to establish the altar in our church. So if you want to kneel on one of those pillows by your chair and pray, if you want to walk around in our little dining room over there and stretch your legs and pray, let's take a few minutes in the, for the altar uh, and let the Lord speak to us and surrender to the Lord this morning. So, Father, we just come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, God. And I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that, that you are the one that prepares us. You are the one that equips us. And you do it little by little, God. Day in and day out, Father. And I pray that you would forgive me for the days that I've neglected and just thought it was another boring day and I didn't take advantage of that time to seek your face, God, the way I could have or should have. And here this morning, y'all, ask God to forgive you if you've neglected his school of Christ, his teachings in your life or just kind of ignored it. And ask God to prepare you because there are bigger things coming to our lives, y'all. Bigger trials and there are bigger callings. They're coming. They're coming to our country. They're coming to our lives. And Father, we ask humbly before you this morning that you would prepare us for those things, God. It's beyond us, but it's not beyond Christ in us. Would you fill us with your spirit this morning? Would you help us to think with the mind of Christ? Help your people this morning, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.